Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. It's a blessing. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. We give you praise because you have made today a possibility for all of us. Your word will bless us and our lives will never be the same again. Amen. I'm going to share briefly with you on resurrection. Matthew chapter 28. Verse number 1 says that, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulchre. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Verse number 3 says, His countenance was like lightning, and his remnant white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. Verse number five. And the angel answered and said unto the woman, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Verse number 8. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold... Jesus met them, saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Praise the Lord. Is it powerful already? Then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. It is powerful. Is it powerful already? Okay, we'll read some more, but let's talk about a few things about the resurrection. Please take your seat. We know that Jesus was crucified, was buried, and according to scripture, he rose from the dead. That is something that is very powerful. He didn't only rise from the dead, but he ascended to the heavens. I mean, and of all the Entities that wish to be served by human beings, none of them was able to have these processes, at least in the eyes of men. Visibly, when Jesus was ascending to the heavens, he was seen by men. When he rose from the tomb, it was powerful. Praise the Lord. So, Easter can be a celebration without significance if you don't have revelation. 
But Easter is really the birthday of the church. It is in Easter that all of us are born as new creation in Christ. So Easter is the most important event on the calendar of all believers. It is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. Maybe we can even add the ascension. That makes you and I unique people on the face of of the earth. Praise the Lord. If you are here, say, I'm here. Right. So Easter is your birthday. And there are many people who don't know their birthday. I think this is the best date you can adopt as your birthday. You will not be faulted at all. Just find some year and attach it to Easter. Anytime it's Easter, it's your birthday. So here, when Jesus was laid in the tomb, some women used to visit the tomb and uh, to administer some spices unto his body because they really loved him. If you read the book of John chapter 20, you'll find out that these women refused to go. Even when they are going to report to the disciples that he is risen, until they saw him, they didn't, they didn't leave. Because one of them was saying that they have taken my Lord away. And uh, in Matthew, the account in Matthew says that an angel, in verse number 5, answered and said unto them, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay. So angels were interested in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Come see the place. He is risen. It's not a human being talking. It's an angel talking. That he's not here. He's risen. There is no argument about the resurrection of Christ. For it is recorded in scripture that angels have said that the same Christ who was crucified is risen. Somebody say he's risen. I can't hear you say he's risen. I believe that at this point in time in our Christianity... The revelation and understanding must precede the celebration. Because if you do not have a revelation and understanding of what our walk in Christ stands for, you will jeopardize your walk at some point in time. Because celebration is there, they can leave you. When your celebration leaves you, sometimes you will feel very, very empty. Is that not so? So the angel now said to them, and he was talking to women, one of the things that the resurrection of Christ seeks to diffuse is the fact that women should not approach the altar for ministry or for anything. These women who went there, we don't know whether they were menstruating or they were not menstruating. But thankfully, they were the ones that encountered Jesus first. It is a demonic theology, a satanic doctrine, to ever say that women should not partake in the ministry or should not assess certain quarters because they are in that time of the month. It's very demonic. It's not in the Bible, covered under the New Testament. Wherever it's covered, it's it's not relevant to the the crucifixion 
the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I believe, Pa, that being the early part of the week, these women were menstruating. <laughs> and Jesus did not turn them back. So many human beings, when they have opportunity to lead people in church matters, they try to bring human doctrines to the work of God. It's, that's what has given up to the many awayos and the different kinds of sect and things that look like church, but they are not church. And unfortunately, in our time, when the Bible is so open, some people still hold on to such doctrine. Women should not preach. As if Christ came to die for men. Bible said in Christ, there is no male, no female. No Jew, no Gentile. No circumcised, no the uncircumcised. In Christ, all are one. Praise the Lord. When he says that, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. He was not talking about a woman or man. It's humanity. And Christ came to save humanity. Praise the Lord. It is important that we renew our minds on such things because there are men seated here right now I'm preaching to who don't respect women. Who feel like women are secondary um, human beings or citizens. If you are a man and you don't respect a woman, you have no right in marrying. That's one. Number two. You have no right in living. Because maybe a male should have given birth to you. And that the weight of women is not childbirth. The weight of women is the blood Jesus paid on their head. Same blood he paid on the heads of men. Is God talking to somebody here? Some of us were raised by men who don't respect women. I think I should be preaching only this one. It, it will be okay for today. As I'm preaching right now, some men are angry. Because they can't look at the face of a woman and talk well to the woman. But in resurrection, Christ was happy to meet the women. Not one, two. When Christ was meeting the women, where were you? Any man that thinks that a woman is under your feet, you don't even have the balls to call yourself a man. And the reason why you might be suffering is because of that mentality. Women are blessings from God. Same as men. When they came into the garden, doesn't matter. One foolish man was saying that because men came before women, Men are more important than women. How about the monkey that came before the man? Because monkeys were created before man was created. Trees were created before man. Frog. Apetupre. Snake. They were all created. Man was the last and that was created. You know so. So if it is first come, most important... The man is the most useless of all the creatures that was made. Somebody say, women are blessed. I can't hear you at all. Say, women are blessed. So, people use cultural things to try to define doctrine. But the New Testament, 
the doctrine Christ defined for us. Women are very blessed. Praise the Lord. Am I preaching already? Or I'm dancing? Preaching. I see some men, they can't laugh. (laughs) I'm laughing for them. I've laughed for all the men here. When you are a man, you have to be steady. You have to be what? Any man that sees a woman to be inferior or less, that man is not emotionally balanced. He's emotionally sick. No matter your status in society, whether it's in your workplace, it's in your family, wherever it is, you are less than a human being. Because it is only something that, le- that is less than a human being that will see a human being and think it's less than a human being. <clears throat> because a human being sees a human being and see that this is a human being. Full package. Praise God. Some of us, our fathers did not teach us that our mothers were important. And it is the reason why most men, Krampo, are not able to take care of their responsibilities. If I ask here right now, how many of us here were raised by our mothers and fathers together? You see that a few amongst us were raised in a home that was together. Mostly, men run away and women stay. Clap for women. All the men who are not clapping are already run away men. In this, our church, women are pastors and women will continue to be pastors. Because when Jesus said, go ye, he didn't speak to only men. He spoke he speak to women as well. Praise the Lord. I see women preaching and raising the dead and healing the sick and taking territories for Jesus. Shout a louder, Amen. Somebody said women are for sexual relief. What a joke. If you want sexual relief, why don't you look for a tree? I know a tree that can give you a better relief than women. Women are more than that. And unfortunately, women have been talked down to a level that they have accepted that that is how they are. If you are in church, you have to renew your mind. You are more than they said you are. And your place is not only in the kitchen. Your place is wherever human beings have been positioned by Christ. That is your place. You are also seated with Christ Jesus. In heavenly places. Far above principalities and powers. Praise the Lord. No woman is inferior in the keeper's house. In the keeper's house, in the kingdom of God, in the church. Everyone bought by the blood is important to Jesus Christ. Clap for the Lord Jesus. So here we see that the angel spoke to the women. Fear not ye. I think that most women are not fulfilling their potential because they are mostly afraid. But in the resurrection, a supernatural voice tells women that fear ye not. For I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. The worth of every woman, and for that matter, every child of God, 
is the fact that you seek Jesus who was crucified. There are many Jesuses who were not crucified. But this, our Jesus, was crucified, was buried, and he rose from the dead. That is where your worth is, not the pointed nose you don't have. Not the family background you don't come from. Whether you have a job or you don't have a job, most women feel very bad when they don't have some things. But don't be afraid because I know you are seeking the Jesus that was crucified. Every one of us here as children of God, when we seek anything other than the Jesus that was crucified, we lose our value in life. The resurrection is to refocus our pursuit for Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Because the resurrection is all about Jesus. He is the reason for the season. Praise the Lord. Who are you and what are you when you are not seeking Jesus? Empty. Who are you and what are you when you are not seeking the Jesus who was crucified? That's why Paul said that we preach Jesus and him crucified. Praise the Lord. We preach Jesus. Your job is good. Your marriage is good. But your worth is in the fact that you seek Jesus. I'm going to show you a few things. In the verses there, you see that Jesus is no more there. But in verse 7, the angel talking to them said, Come and see the place where he was lying. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. Wow. Somebody say wow. Is the preaching going fine? Go quickly and tell his disciples. Please. The resurrection. First of all. Every package of the resurrection. Is not for the unbeliever. Every package of the resurrection is first and foremost to be served to the believer. Any time is Easter, it's a time for us to renew our mind, renew our commitment to Jesus. Because you see that the angel never told the women to go and talk to the world that Jesus is risen. He said, go and talk to your brethren. Somebody say brethren. It is in Easter or in his resurrection that makes us know that we have not known him fully. That we need to be told again and again and again and again and again that he is risen. Are you here now? We need to go quickly and tell the brethren that he is risen from the dead. That's why I'm talking to you this morning. Preaching the word of God. That Jesus is risen. Praise the Lord. So, normally we, we can focus on unbelievers 
Because the Great Commission asks us to do so. But when it comes to the resurrection, the focus is first on the brethren. The focus is first on which people? Praise the Lord. There is a thinking that can destroy you and that is when you think you are okay. When you are supposed to be digging deeper. That's why the resurrection is a reminder that we must get closer to Jesus and that there are depth in Christ that we have not attained yet. And so, the announcement is to be made to the believers. You see that the resurrection was to the relief of the disciples and to the displeasure of the people who crucified him. Are you here? These disciples were afraid. They were hiding in rooms. And when they heard that he was risen, they could come out. The resurrection will free you as a believer. Yeah, because sometimes when you are going through different things and it makes you cower, it makes you withdraw. Sometimes you are there, but you have withdrawn. Sometimes you are there and you are not functioning the way a believer should function. In the resurrection, you know that God has visited you one more time. And it emboldens you to come out. To be and to do whatever God has called you to be and to do. Is God talking to somebody here? That's why I'm preaching this resurrection Sunday morning. The announcement is to the brethren. And we will learn later, maybe in the second service, that when unbelievers hear that he's up, they they introduce bribes and (laughs) all kinds of conspiracy theories trying to shut down the power of the resurrection because the resurrection is not for them. The resurrection is for us. Say the resurrection is for me. One more time, one more time. Say the resurrection is for me, the child of God. It's not for the unbeliever. Praise the Lord. I am not saying that Christ did not come to save the unbeliever. Because we are all unbelievers and we are saved. But when Christ rose from the dead, the announcement was to the brethren. Unlike his birth, that announcement was to all mankind. In the resurrection, the announcement was to the brethren. Go and tell the brethren. Yeah. That is to say that one key thing that we must be teaching the brethren is Christ and him crucified. And that he is risen and he is alive. Because an unbeliever doesn't care whether God is alive or not. It's a believer that must care. And if you don't know and believe that he is alive, how do you project a, a, a God that you don't know whether he's alive or not to a world that is already dead. And there are many believers in church who don't know that Christ is alive. We are in church. That being in church doesn't mean anything. When you are sick, you must know that Christ raised from the dead, rose from the dead. Are you here? That the resurrection power is at work in me. He didn't breathe into them until he rose from the dead. Then he breathed into them and said, go. You are empowered. When you are a believer and you know that the resurrection is for you, nothing dies. Nothing what? It gives you hope to pursue. It gives you faith to pursue. 
This is ours. And we might, this is our inheritance. The greatest of all our inheritance is Jesus Christ. Him crucified. And the fact that on the third day, he rose from the dead. Give the Lord a big clap of praise. Look at what the Bible said in that verse 7. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. He goeth before you. In the resurrection, we come to accept that we are not alone. That there is no path we are trying to take that Christ has not taken before. He goeth before you. Come to Galilee, but he himself has gone ahead of you. Praise the Lord. That is why when you are a believer and you believe in the power of the resurrection, there is no path in Christ that must be a dangerous path for you to take. Because you know that he has been there before you being there. He's asking you to come to Galilee, but he has gone ahead of you. So all the dangers ahead is dealt with them. It is this one that makes you staying in the will of God comfortable. Because some people are never comfortable in life. Never ever. Even when they are praying, they are never comfortable. But he has gone ahead of us. Lift up your right hand and say, God has gone ahead of me. In the ministry. In the marriage. In the career. In the raising of my children. In everything. The Lord has gone ahead of me. Do you believe it? Say it until you believe it. Say, Jesus, when he rose from the dead, went ahead of me. And he has gone ahead of me. I believe it. There is no journey I am taking in Christ that is dangerous because Christ has gone ahead of me. Praise the Lord. Verse number 8 says, Then they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy and did run to bring his disciples' word. Wow. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, All hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Beautiful. You see that when the disciples were told, they went to look for him in Galilee. The resurrection is to rekindle our pursuit of Christ. Is to what? <clears throat> you wake up, you don't pray, you don't look for God. God is not part of your thinking. The resurrection today must rekindle your pursuit of Christ. When the disciples were told, old and young, they ran after him. Please. Easter is not for chewing chicken. It's to rekindle your pursuit for Christ. That in a whole year, 
whatever level you find yourself in, in terms of your work with Christ, Easter must bring you to a place where you lift it to the next level. If there are books to read, messages to listen to, things to do for Christ, it must make you pursue Christ. Of all your other pursuit, Easter must bring Christ, the pursuit of Christ, to the fore, forefront of all your pursuit. In all your gettings, get Christ. It's to refocus our faith. Our, because you can be in church and lose Christ. Though. You can be, Judas was with him and he sold him. So close that he lost him. You can be so close and lose him. Hey. So you can be in church and by the time you know, you are backslided. But in the resurrection, power is given to your spirit as a child of God to refocus, rekindle your pursuit of Christ. As I am standing here, the thing that gives me the greatest joy it's nothing but Christ. Because I'm nothing without Christ. Praise the Lord. And you too, you are nothing without Christ. We are all nothing without Christ. What can become of us if we don't have Christ? And sometimes we see that our pursuit of Christ is, 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 is nothing to write home about. But in the resurrection, when they were told, they went and chased after him. They pursued him. He went ahead and they were chasing. Christ was never behind them. Was always ahead of them. And they were pursuing him. Tell somebody it's time. To begin. To pursue Christ. After pursuing all other things. Now it's time. That a child of God must pursue Christ. Praise the Lord. In our schools we must pursue Christ. Yeah, yeah. Set up your school and pursue Christ. Don't set up your school and become a secular school. You to your school, they don't read Bible. Because you want more children in your school. It will be very difficult to enter into a restaurant that belongs to an Indian who doesn't know Christ and not see their idol there. It's not possible. I don't know how they import the idols. Even here in Ghana, go to Israel. They are there everywhere. If you go to UK, you see the Indians, they are free to practice their, their religion everywhere. But churches keep getting shut down. Why? Because if you are not proud about what God has given you, it will be taken away from you. And that's how we are really trying to conform to the world that we, we have even lost our root. You set up a school as a Christian and you are afraid to say that the Bible is the foundation of your school. Why did you set up the school? Is it for your daily bread? That's ministry. The school you set up, that is what? Ministry.
when Muslims are bringing their children to your school, they must know that this is the foundation of your school. If a Christian is taking his or her child to a Muslim school, they must know that the Quran is the foundation of that school. Two of us. For me, there is no argument what the foundation should be. It is only when you are trying to be politically correct that you get confused about what the foundation should be. Architects know that you don't lay five inches as the block for the foundation. Do you people put five inches there? No. That's You are building for destruction. So what is the foundation of your life? What's the foundation of your pursuit? Why am I waking up in the morning to go to work? What's the foundation of it? What are you pursuing? You have to be able to define that. If your pursuit, even in your career, doesn't have the element of Christ and him crucified, at some point in time, a boss can sleep with you to give you promotion. Because you have been able to disconnect Christ from whatever you are pursuing in the realm of your career. Are we here? Please, are we here? Are you sure we are here? That's why you tell yourself that as for my work, is the money that matters. No. You are a representation of Christ in that workplace. And that is why you must pursue. You must pursue who? Please talk to me. It's, it's like this morning the preaching is powerful. Power. Who must you pursue? Christ. You must pursue Christ. That's so why you're a medical doctor here. Yeah, you can't say that as for me, my I my pursuit is money in my private practice. So all you are doing is that any girl who wants abortion, no, come here. Abortion specialist. That cannot be your pursuit. There is a realm where abortion is allowed. Medically. And it's just by principle. Praise the Lord. But when people are just doing anyhow and coming to you to abort and you think it's good business. Oh, one day in your house you will hear the cry of many children. Because Christ is not your pursuit, you don't see that all those children you are aborting have a purpose in the plan of God. You are just killing, 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 shedding blood. Innocent blood. Dangerous. I hope somebody is not disappointed coming to church this morning. Pursue Christ. When they told them, they just rose up and they started running. When you are pursuing, you can't have a laid back attitude. You must be running. Old, old man like Peter was running. You must be running after him. Chasing after him. Pursuing him with everything you have. We should pursue Christ. No, we are in today and then we are off tomorrow or out tomorrow. Some just come in and out. Some are occasional believers. So you come to church, you are a child of God. But in your private quarters, you are you. Freestyle. 
You have to pursue Christ in everything. Praise the Lord. They were running after him. Looking for him. I don't know what you are running after. But this world will come to an end. And at the end of the day, you will find out that the only durable thing is Christ. Is what? Is Christ. Please, the clap offering is, is free. And I like verse 8. Verse 8 shows us the spirit in which they pursued after Christ. Look at verse 8. And they departed quickly from the sepulchre with fear and great joy. So these people, that fear there is it's not a terrifying fear. But it's more reverential than terrifying. That is to say that, like what the Bible says that, um, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That Look, these people when they're thinking that a man is dead, they found out that he's alive. Wow, what an opportunity. This fear is what gives you the privileged mindset that, wow, I have an opportunity to pursue Christ. And I'm not going to let myself down. And I'm not going to let Christ down. I'm going to take this opportunity as a child of God and follow Christ and not allow the world to dominate me. It's a blessing that you are doing this thing with care. You are, that's why a real child of God that has the resurrection power as part of their consciousness, they don't live anyhow. Because they know that a divine life has come to reside in them. And this container must be preserved in a way that you yourself feel the privilege of housing God. So you can't take him just anywhere you want. And you cannot allow yourself to be touched anyhow. Look at Jesus himself. When he rose from the dead and they went there to touch him, he said, hey, the resurrected body, no, because I have to present myself before the father, who is your father, and my God, who is your God. So it is in the resurrection that brings you the consciousness that your body is not yours. That you have risen with Christ, you must present your body before God. And no, 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 no. What you put in your body, whether it's cocaine, whether it's food, whether it's sex, whatever it is, you will think that because I need to present this body before God, I can't just put anything in there or touch this body with just anything. So some people don't care what touches them, who touches them, and what they put into their body. You are there taking some pill and becoming addicted. One pill that a lot of medical people are really getting addicted, especially nurses, really getting addicted to. One petted in like that. I think it's a painkiller. Oh, one girl that I know, they said I should just talk to her nurse. Very good nurse. It's just very addictive. Yeah, she has, she has take it, take it like that. Taking it, taking it, taking it. Because people don't care what they put in there. Because they don't know that the resurrected body must be presented before the father. Are you here? Please, are you here? Yeah. If you were a guy. If you, from what you eat, 
Add to whatever you do with your body. You, you have to take control of your body as one who is a steward who is going to present it before the father. Hello? So you need to have a body account. Jesus had a body account. He said, don't touch me. Oh. Some people cannot say, don't touch me. No self-control. No self-control. Because this, this is God's vehicle for his work here on earth. And do you know that a certain damage to your car is not permitted to drive on the road by MTTU? Hello? Like you don't have your ring screen. Are you permitted to drive? It's uh, believe I just sometimes we think some way, but in the resurrection, you know, we like preaching deep, 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 deep. Then we have people in church who are okay putting cocaine into their body, but this body must be presented before the, the resurrected body must be presented before the Father. Shisha, blowing shisha. Sometimes we think that we should preach this message to the teens. But we have to preach this message to, to Christians, adults, whether teen or whatever. Fully armed. More than the armor of God. So what boom? Anywhere, anytime, ever ready battery. People don't care about their body at all. But you see, your body is part of the mission. Part of the mission. That's why you see that even when Christ went on the Mount of Transfiguration, it, the, the real transfiguration, we couldn't see his inside, but we saw what happened to him. His face was shining. Moses went before the presence of God came. His face was shining. The, the, what happens to your body is so important to God. Some are here, they are addicted to coke, coke. Simple coke like that. Chilled one. Pastor, you want say chilled one. Charlie, when the bottle will be sweat. When you put some chicken in the water, Sahana, Charlie. Say, Charlie, you put magician where you are. You be with the end. But small, small. Praise the Lord. Pizza. Pizza. And my wife will be on bed day now. We are my boy. One, two pizza. I'm on my boy. We're where we ratings will go down. But seriously, you have to work out your own salvation with fear and what trembling. Knowing that God is interested in your body, 
is interested in your soul, is interested in your spirit. The salvation Jesus gave us, he gave us a holistic salvation. It's a full package. It's what? It's a full package. I cannot allow some things to touch me. You too should not allow some things to touch you. No matter whose hand is being stretched, don't look in the garden. Touching was, be careful. You can touch something, you can touch some things. Outside the garden, still, some things are touchable, some things are untouchable. Some people call their liberal lifestyle grace. It's like when you fool, that is when grace is at work. But it's not so. You see that Christ, when he rose from the dead and somebody wanted to touch him, he said, please wait. There is time for you to be touched. And there are times you can't be touched. That tells you that in resurrection, there, is, there are restrictions. There, are, there must be self-control. Is God talking to somebody here? Please, are you here? You have been collecting the bribe, but in this resurrection, no. how self-control? Hey! How self-control? Don't, I know I, I collect bribe, but now, dear, I'm presenting my hand to the father. No more collection of bribe. May we? Hey. But as for some of us, Charlie, Charlie, today and I don't want to say the details. You see that I'm doing around, around, uh, so that you will not say that I said the thing you are doing. So, we know that if you have risen with Christ, you have self-control. You have what? There are some friends here, some brothers who come to church here. Um, the, the brother was talking to me very, I mean, he's there. He said, they used to drink together. Friends, oh, heavy, I mean, correct. Not this molasses and blah, blah. Like, correct, expensive drink. They, they drink, they, it's, it's nice. They go together. So one time, something, something, and then he came to church. And then the friends who drink together, they went to the spot where they meet together every day. Every day. And they said, Charlie, and Akwanamba. Sorry. So they today followed, followed him to the church. Ah, but our drinking partner, no, like we have gone two, three times. Like the guy is not showing up. Sorry. And when they came, they also stayed. Do you know that they all stopped drinking? Like nobody laid hands on them. I can't start drinking from you. These are people who have been drinking since. Heavy drinking. You know. 
Heavy drinking. But as one entered church, the rest entered with him. Nobody preached to them. They just entered. We want to come and see the church our friend entered and he's not coming to drink again. And when they came, they also refused to drink. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because there are many people here or in church who have challenges with some things and they don't appreciate the fact that when you come to the presence of God, those things are broken without anybody saying, come out, come out. Some people think you must lay hands on them and cast it out. But that you are in the presence of God, you are whole. The reason why you go back to that thing you call addiction is because you make a choice to go back. It's not because Satan even pushes you to go back. I got appetite to be there. Because they started drinking nobody today. And you can't replace water with alcohol. But they had made a choice actually. And when one was able to overcome it, the rest, it's not even a conversation. It's like, hey, Charlie. My course like a year and I've not drank and I don't feel like drinking and I will not drink. But here we are with masturbation. And you don't want to stop. You don't want to stop because you don't understand, don't touch me. You yourself don't understand. You don't appreciate that your body must be presented to what? The Father. Are you here? You are smoking cigarette that will destroy your lungs and other organs of your body. And you can just stop it. You can what? Please talk to me. You can what? Stop it. Some people are addicted to sex here as I'm talking right now. And you can stop it. And worse of all, I thought that guys were the worst addict to sex until I found women. One lady told me, say, how, how, I can't live without it. I said, sure, is it air? <laughs> she will do anything, no? And she must have it. Ha! As if, if you don't have sex, you will die. Will you die? It doesn't kill anybody. Just tell yourself that you, there is a greater purpose to live than this thing that is trying to kill you. It's a greater purpose. Well, before you became addicted, were you dead? You can go back. Hey, did I spoil the Easter Sunday? A child of God must walk in power. Jesus rose up and gave us freedom. You must know that I'm free. Say, I'm free. Say, as I step out here, I am free. Now, this preaching is important because some people don't think they can sustain their work with God through and through. They won't say, oh, what's crap? Because in your mind, my brother there is a man of God. You know, you are a man of the devil. My sister there won't say, but we are all children of God. Our mind, we must renew our mind. Are you here? We must what? 
renew our mind. Some of the things you think you cannot do, Bible says that all things are possible to them who believe. So we must renew our mind. This resurrection is a new life. It's a new life. They went with fear and tremble and with joy. Say joy. The way to pursue Christ is with what? I can't hear you. It's with what? Joy. Tell somebody to be happy small about following Christ. Do it with joy. Joy. (laughs) That's joy. Joy, pa. Joy. Sometimes when I watch some documentaries and I see people who are like neglected people and then some missionary goes to give them Christ and gives them Bible, how they cherish it. I say, Kai, we are in the city. We even have it on our phones. Tablet. We won't even read it in book. And when we are, it's like it's a sleeping pill to many of us. When we want to sleep, no? we just take the Bible. We just, uh, like that. It's like I'm prophesying, eh? Not with joy. But this thing is life. It's what? It's life. Follow God with joy. I was talking to a pastor this week. And he said, anytime I talk to you, it's like a new, I want to do more for God. I said, I don't have taste for chasing women. I don't have taste for stealing money. I came to pursue Christ. It's Christ. And we can do more. We can do what? We can do more. If you feel down, the only thing that can bring you up is Christ. The Holy Spirit in you. I don't know how people talk about other things that are not necessary. But we share the Christ who was crucified. Who died, was buried, and resurrected. And we do this with joy. We do it with what? Yesterday, the teens were having their one day, what is it, retreat? or? And I was there briefly and they lifted one song like that. I saw the passion with which the university people and all they were just singing. I say, hey, as these people are doing this with joy, you know, some of their friends they are blowing them somewhere in Ivandi. <laughs> but with joy, they were carrying chair. This is our church. We are in Christ with joy. With joy. Some of the people when I was growing up. I was attending youth fellowships and the rest that they said that oh I I saw more more life no today we have seen them on what titi say Charlie look at somebody say this Christ you are following eh? follow him with joy and tell them things may not be at the place they, they have to be but with joy follow Christ pursue. When you are pursuing something, you are not just following, you are looking for something. You are looking, pursuit is is very purposeful. What am I looking for? That I may know him. 
and the power of his resurrection. I may know him. Do you know him yet? You have been around him, but do you know him yet? It's like when you think you have a friend, uh, oh, it's my friend, I know him, and one day, he shows you anger that you have not seen before. Say, hey, I didn't know that one. You must know. You must know. Do you know him yet? That's why we don't know him yet. That's why when he seemed not to be answering us in the affirmative, sometimes when he's quiet, or when he gives us an answer that is contrary to our expectation, then we become disappointed. What kind of friend is this? What kind of a, a God is this? You see that people get really disappointed and disrespectful. And, uh, oh, forget about that, Jesus. Just a my boy. What boy? Who boy? Why? His no to you is better than your yes. You should be happy that you even got audience with him. And he said no. The one who knows everything said no to you. You can add it to your CV. That on so so and so date, you know, I prayed to God and he said no. It's a privilege. Because many of the Sashi. You should serve with joy. Don't let the privilege of pursuing Christ be taken away from you the way it was taken away from Judas. It's a privilege to know Jesus because the people who are in other things, we are not better than them. But it's a privilege that we know Jesus. Sometimes I think, I say, ah, so at what point in put did I make a decision that I want to follow Christ? I'll be asking myself that question. And you see that it's God, even to come to that place of making a decision that I want to be a child of God, it is supported by Christ himself. Because no man can come to the Father except he calls him. What a privilege. It's a privilege. I said, it doesn't really matter. Man, it matters. When I come, I come with joy. I come with what? I come with what? Tell somebody, I appear with joy. Appear, appear, appear with joy. Tell somebody, serve the Lord with joy. Pursue him with joy. And, and tell them, sometimes when I look at the way you sit and you are thinking, you know, It's like God owes you power. Serve the Lord with what? Please talk to somebody. We're about to just close. Tell somebody, serve the Lord with joy. And pursue Jesus. Pursue him. Pursue him. Tell someone, pursue. He wake up in the morning. Say, Lord, I'm pursuing you. When I wake up in the morning, if I happen to be in the same room with my wife. I wake up and say, good morning, are you fine? It's like, it comes like an involuntary action. Default. That's how pursuing Christ should be. You wake up and say, thank you, Jesus. What a joy. I'm alive today. Because I'm living because he lives. Praise the Lord. I'm living because he lives. 
it is a privilege that you are sitting here and you are not taking nude pictures of yourself and posting on Instagram. Don't you think it's a privilege? To have that correct mind not to do, even if you did it before, you are not doing it again. That people should see your nakedness and what will happen. You are clay. Like you are, it's not everybody who is thrilled about seeing your nakedness. It's like, so what? And those of us, when we, we are about to see something like that, we just flip. Some people are not thrilled. But you are glorious following Christ. And you should do it with joy. Praise the Lord. You should do it with what? Joy. That I wake up and I have a sense that I have to do my morning devotion. Father, I thank you. I read my Bible. I pray. Whether it's in the morning or in the evening. That I have God consciousness. As I go through the day. Abba. What a joy. Because some people wake up. And nothing like that is on their radar. And they go uh, and they come and uh, they go uh, and they come and uh, they go. When they are about to die, they see that there's a big vacuum of a life that is divine that they didn't live well. And they cry like babies. But you and I, we have a great privilege even to hear this word of God. To have a personal relationship with Jesus. Tell this Jesus, he loves us. He died for you and I. So that we can, we can have a relationship with the Father. What a joy. What a joy. Lift your hands. Say, I will serve God with joy. <laughs> Say, I can serve God with joy. And I can be consistent. I'll tell you one thing. Jesus said, I will lay down my life. And I will pick it up again. He, there was no doubt in his mind what he could do. There must not be any doubt in your mind who you are as a child of God and what you can do with Christ. I will lay down my life, follow Christ, and it will not be wasted. Praise the Lord. The fear that you follow Christ and be wasted is what makes you sometimes draw back. But look, look at Great men who have followed the Lord. Great men. Give the Lord a big clap of praise. Pa. Nice. You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-242-2000.
916-168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.